0: What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain podcast registered from Amazon
0: Music. Playing the latest episode.
1: Season three of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is brought to you by Sumato Coffee. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners will receive a 20% discount on your order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit their website at www.sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com.
0: What's happening, people? And what you know, good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting you with our raw opinion. Why give me the straight up facts. That's right. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. On this episode, we pull back the curtain on classism within the black community and much, much more. Press, what's popping, baby? Man, dude, holiday weekend vibes over here, baby. I can't wait to fire Ooh. up that grill, son. Yes, sir. I'm going to be out there tomorrow, boy. I'm glad I am off. Man, I'm off the next two days. Thank you, Jesus. I'm <laughs> glad for you, too, man. I'm sure
1: you need it, brother. What, what, what's going on that grill tomorrow?
0: Actually, my sister in law is buying the ribs. Ooh. My wife in there, She going to be, she got the pork chops downstairs. We're going to, course, some Brock's, maybe some burgers, too.
1: Mm. Shit. Man, what time dinner going on? I'm going to have to pull up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> man, so I'm thinking about getting out there about maybe about 11. And Prez, I don't know about you, man. It don't take long for me to grill. I got a fast fire going, and uh, it'll take me about maybe an hour,
1: hour and a half. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny, man. I, and I, I don't mean to clown people to take a long time to grill because you got people that are perfectionists. But I'm with you, man. Let's get that thing going and let's eat. You know what I'm saying? Man. <laughs> boy, I'll be back there. You see them, them flames going.
0: <laughs> what you doing over there? What you was doing? Like, Boy, take them chains off, man. We want nothing to get
1: on fire around here now. <laughs> mm-hmm. How about you, man? What you, what you throwing on? So man, I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm just gonna throw in a couple steaks, man. Some some veggies, some sweet potatoes, and yeah, not too crazy. Just a couple steaks. I got these big ass ribeyes, man. Got them straight from the mm. butcher, so they've been marinating, man. I'm just just can't wait, bro.
0: Can't wait. So I guess this is the official last holiday for the summer,
1: right? That's what they say. But you know what? We are gonna have an unofficial <laughs> one, man. When we go, when we record for the pod. We gonna have an unofficial holiday.
0: Yes, I like that. See? I like
1: that. Now, I did have something funny to tell you. So my brother, when he found out, he was like, hey, man, he said, you want to come over? Uh You know, because he wanted to throw some stuff on the grill. I was like, man, I think I just want to lay low, man. It's been a busy week. I said, I just want to fire something up on the grill and, and just chill at the house. I said, but you you can slide through if you want to come over here, you know? And he was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, so he was like, you want me to bring some A1 sauce for the steak? And then I just got quiet on the phone. And he was like, are okay. you there? And I'm like, what are you talking about A1 sauce for, bro?" i like, mean, you got to go kill my steak with no A1 sauce. So, Jules. Uh-oh. Fair foul on my brother. <laughs> Wanting to put A1 sauce on one of my steaks, bro.
0: Hey, I know he had your steaks before, right? Yeah. Now, that's the conversation you need to have, because it's like, wait a minute. You cook it to perfection. And you look, like, oh, really? wait a minute, you don't need no A1. That's what I'm trying to tell him. That's what I'm trying to tell him. So if So, I'm going to say, if the steak is good,
1: you don't need no A1 sauce. So that's, a, that's a foul. Yes, sir. And, little bro. You listen, to mm. you listen to Jules now, and yeah, he knows you are foul. You foul for a lot of reasons. Mm. You definitely foul about that A1 sauce <laughs> on that steak.
0: <laughs> I know a lot of people tell you, if you get a piece of steak or a piece of meat and you don't need any sauce, that thing's off the chain. you Do you, you know how to cook?
1: If you do it right, if you marinate it, you season it the right way, you're going to have that natural flavor just coming out of it. you good.
0: Now I'm about to say, not unless he just really love A1 steak sauce.
1: <laughs> he probably does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I can think about. He probably just like A1 steak sauce. I mean, I I mess with it, but not too much, because the steak, they already get the juices and flavors and seasons on it. So
1: Right. Yeah. That's why Jules... I'm gonna have one for perfection waiting for you, man, because you deserve that. He oh, can have, dude. he can, he can use his A one sauce, but it ain't gonna be one of them ribeyes. I'm gonna just get him one of them little fake steaks. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna pick you up one for Jules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you know man. how I get, jewels. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, go ahead man. with your A one sauce. You ain't gonna do that with no good steak, man, bro. Enjoy that steak, man. <laughs> yeah. So, audience, I'll let you know how that steak saga goes on uh, the next
0: episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to hear that one, man. I'm, I'm going to have to call you up on that one.
1: Yeah, hit me up. I right? so, You know it's going to be funny, whatever it ends up being. So, Jules, we had a lot of people that emailed in about me with the uh, communion wafers. And, man, I had a lot of people that was coming for me, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> a Damn. lot of people, <laughs> Man, they were like, Bro, they like, Why are you out here ordering <laughs> chameleon wafers? <laughs> Community wafers. I'm like, Dang, <laughs> listen, nobody had a problem with jewels over here buying fake jewelry on the internet, but they came for me. <laughs> yeah, that was a first and last. <laughs> Hey, listen. same with me with those chameleon wafers, man. I'm done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you said you bought them. You ate a couple and just threw
1: the rest. Of just threw the rest of them out. <laughs> oh man. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was googling like, hey, is this a sin for me to throw away chameleon wafers? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nah, you straight,
1: man. <laughs> I had to make sure. Oh, shit, I had to hit my stepdad up. He's a minister. I said, like, hey, man, I know you already feel what kind of way you feel about me ordering this stuff, but how can I get rid of these? <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised he ain't taking. take them.
0: <laughs> nah, he he gets to his congregation or something. <laughs> uh, he ain't got use for him right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, dude, that was funny. He was like, man, you bought community riff. I was like,
1: damn, okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, was, they, they came, came for me man they came for me you know even one person was like I remember on your Christmas episode when you talked about how you used to put on your choir robe and you used to have church and stuff they were like so is this just a, an extension of that no. I was <laughs> like wow I'm like you are really listening to this show I was like damn Dude, you ain't kidding <laughs> yeah you ain't kidding I was like, wow. I was like, I forgot all about that.
0: <laughs> oh, Dude. man.
1: But Jules, we got some really great listeners, because they starting to connect some dots here. I was like, OK, I'll see you. I'll see you. Like, I got to watch man, you. Man, we
0: appreciate it, man. We, yeah, we appreciate it, man. And, and we got to watch what, what we tell people, to because they, right?
1: they remember. They remember, right? <laughs> My Lord. But no, that was That was funny. Audience, it's all in good fun. You guys can come for me. I can take it. I'm a big boy. I know a lot of y'all was like, man, I gotta be careful what I'm doing out here. I was like, all right, fine. It ain't like I was saying Candyman a bunch of times. So let me live. All right. Jeez. Right. Don't do that shit. Did the new one come out yet? Yeah, yeah. Went to go see it yesterday. What you think? I mean, the original, in my opinion, was better. I'ma see what you say on it and then we can have a a further conversation on maybe on the next pod. Okay. I would just say, Okay, cool. I thought the first one was better.
0: Is it on is it on like HBO Max or something or is it, is it, is it in the show? I went to the show to see it. You know, to the show? Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Ooh, I remember that first one. That first one had me. I seen a lot of scary movies. The Omen, the Exorcist, all that stuff. Yeah. But the Candyman, dog, I was like in the bathroom, I'm like, man, I didn't want to <laughs> look, I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror.
1: <laughs> he was like, hey, who's that <laughs> in that mirror?
0: <laughs> man. That one did a little
1: something to me, man. I, I'm not going to lie to you. That's what I was thinking this one was going to do. And I'm like, okay. Now, you know when Jordan Peele's on it, I'm like, okay, he about to make this shit real creepy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I would just say I'd love to hear what your thoughts are after you check it out. And then we can definitely have okay a nice little conversation on it because I got a lot of takes on that one, man. A lot of takes. All I will say, though, that candy, man, you got to get better candy if you want a kid to uh, or somebody to to approach you now, because he had that church candy in his hand. I'm like, man, well, get that out of here! I Everybody want no butterscotch. Man, I, I haven't that had candy.
0: butterscotch since I was a
1: shorty in church. They used to had a butterscotch with the peppermint, and I was like, man, yep. nobody want this candy <laughs> <laughs> or the Milky Way in the center. <laughs> <sweet
0: that>, <laughs> now, Prez, remember, Prez, in stores they used to have that little section with the butterscotch and the mm-hmm. and the peppermint, and the, and what's the one that was that was
1: hot? It was it was a hot one.
0: It oh, I remember that. It, it was like, like a little a... cinnamon
1: thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. They don't have that no more. You just go there, get it, put it in the bag, and they will weigh it or something. I f- I forget that yep. they used to do it. They don't have that no more.
0: No, I know, I know. We
1: we going back, but yeah, they don't it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I used to get in trouble because I used to walk by there with my grandmother. And I used to be eating candy in the store and stuff. <laughs> 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 you like where you get that candy from? I don't know. And <laughs> <Mm-mm.
0: laughs> hey, they, they ain't gonna miss this. It's just one. They ain't gonna miss.
1: It. Yeah, it's just one. That's probably why they got rid of it because the kids like me, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, free candy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, well, man. let's get to yeah. these mailbag questions. Speaking of free Uh-oh, candy. Okay. So mm. Chris from Chicago. Shout out to you, Chris. He went right. to know. Shite. Right that's right. What were your thoughts on the Jake Paul and Willie fight, Jules? Talk to him, Press, I wasn't going to watch
0: any more of this stuff, man. <laughs> I told you. But since we had, since we had a, a question about it, I said, "Well, let me let me at least look at some."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm glad I didn't buy it. I tell you that. But I saw the highlights, and Willie didn't really throw a lot of punches. Jake was, of course, being Jake, doing his thing. But Willie tagged him a few times in that one round. He he stumbled. That Jake front. went back, mm-hmm. yeah, that Jake yeah. went back and don ropes don ropes held him up, but that was a good, you know, and he didn't calculate and counter off that, so it was like it is what it is i press I don't really get too much of this i I really didn't I saw the highlights i i I just thought, okay, yeah, another one just underneath Jake's belt, and I would like to see him fight somebody who's in boxing because we know Woody, he's he's an m m a so he used more, he used grappling, wrestling, his kicks. So you take all the other arsenals away, his striking ability, you didn't see it, really. No. I would like to see more of a, of, of a
1: boxer fight, uh, Jake. So I agree with you because I'm looking at the people that he's fought. He fought a basketball player. He fought mm-hmm. another MMA guy. And then he fought this current ex-MMA guy with Willie. Now, I would mm-hmm. say this, Jules, because you I know you study and you fight and things of that nature. Uh-huh. If you looked... And I know you didn't watch the fight per se, but you saw the highlights. But even still, you could see Woodley's stance. He had more of a Muay Thai stance when he was out there throwing his punches. And I said, who was training him for this fight? Because I just didn't like the way that he was throwing his punches. So when he did connect, I'm like, bro, somebody just needs to work with him and train him a little bit better so he can throw punches with more power. Because he wasn't striking him in a way that I thought helped him in a boxing match. At least that was just what I saw. No, that's fair. And, you know I like
0: all that stuff. Afterwards, you know you want wanted to rematch. Jake was you know get a tattoo. I love
1: Jake, and I'm like, ain't nobody gonna watch this. First of all, to the point that you made earlier, you were glad you didn't pay for it. I hated that I paid for it. <laughs> Friends, come on, man. Well, listen, I, we got <laughs> listeners well, that listen. we got listeners that expect for us to give them what they want. So I had to I do it, it for the listeners, <laughs> but you know, I'm also what? mad at the listeners because I just wasted seventy dollars.
0: <laughs> oh wait a minute, man! Hey, but you know what? I give it to Jake and the Paul brothers because they are racking up with this bull. Oh man, yeah, they getting paid, man. He got ten million for fighting Floyd. Now Floyd got a hundred, which right, but he got ten million, and that thing that for an that exhibition. Day was, Hell, I could have, I could have in my ass in there and then do that, but I, mean, <laughs> I give it to them. I give it to them on that, but it's like, man, come on, man, the regular boxing, come on, man, we need to see some fights because this right
1: here, you shouldn't be paying. This should be free, man. I, man, come on. So, so Jules, I just don't like this boxing that they're doing now. This stuff is like all for entertainment. Is messing mm-hmm. up the sport. Now, and I think the only reason why you see in this stuff is because boxing fell off so bad because the MMA came in here and just annihilated boxing. So in boxing now, right. outside of like your, your Fury and your Wilder and, and some of those type yep. of guys, yep. you don't really have much in the sport because that middleweight division, these guys are all not trying to fight each other so you don't get the fights that we all want to see. Meanwhile, in the MMA... Them dudes over there, they make the top contenders face each other. You see those oh, yeah. big, oh, yeah. big time fights.
0: You know what I mean? I Maybe mean, that's what box needs to put a little fire in that is because, come on, I know people want to keep the undefeated streak. But, man, people, we got to see this. Let's just go back. You got Muhammad Lee's and Foreman's and Frazier. Hey, they wanted to fight each other. They wasn't... They want to duck and smoke. They wasn't duck... Right. It wasn't more political or strategic what they was doing. Hey, man, they was... All right, man, he he's the champ. We got to fight him or we got to fight him to get to the champ. This right here, you know, you know, you get Spence, you get Crawford, you know, Manny's still out there, even though he just he just lost. I forgot my man's name who beat Manny, but man, that was a good fight. Oh, that last one. Yeah, that was yeah. a real good fight. Yes, sir. You get the triple G and Canelo in it. I mean, hey, come on, guys, let's let's fight. He's the top, then let's fight. Now the heavyweight division needs some help because you really right at Joshua
1: Wilder and Fury, that's all you got. That's really all you got, and I don't really think that much of uh, Joshua anyway, so he don't have a chance. Let's get some more exciting fighters in there. Let's let's
0: get this thing going, because if people living off this Paul thing and fighting just, you know, anybody, I don't know, man.
1: I thought that there was a fight on that undercard that was better than the actual Paul Woodley fight. There was a heavyweight in there. They had a heavyweight fight, Jules, and it was this cat. I think he might have been from the U.K. He knocked this dude out. That dude hit the mat three times. And I'm telling you, Ooh. that was a bloodbath. I was like, okay. I was like, this guy right here, and this is the thing. I, I even told Dub, I said, bro, this guy right here don't have a lot of sense And won that fight. He had this stupid grin and smile on his face, and the stuff that he was saying didn't make no sense. I said, I would not fight somebody that speaks that way. Because I was like, he's a savage. <laughs> Dude, I got
0: to check that out. I did hear about that. I got checked check that one out. But you're right. You get somebody coming in who ain't got it all, <laughs> who, can, who, who, who can put them hands on you? No, man. I'm good. Nope. I'm good. Because uh-uh. I don't think you can hurt that man.
1: <laughs> no. Listen, we'd have been in the negotiations, and as soon as he would start speaking, and he would have that stupid grin on his face, I'd have been like, you know what? I got COVID. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: You know, start coughing and stuff. Like, man, I yeah. can't make it. <laughs> Shit. Get me out of here. Man, I can't make it on that one. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> you know what, Prez? If Paul, if he fights somebody worth fighting, I know he talked about Canelo. Now watch that.
1: Of course. Of course. I will watch that as well. But this is the thing. I don't think he's gonna fight nobody like that, bro, because he's trying to upgrade his profile in the sport. So he's gonna keep finding these people that may have a chance to beat him, but really don't have the skill set while he's still trying to get his record up. Uh-huh. I think they're gonna try to protect mm. his record, they're gonna try to put him with certain people. And and to your point that you made about Woodley and they're begging for a rematch. Ain't nobody gonna pay for that fight on no second time. No,
0: that's no, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.
1: And then to your point, you over here talking about so if you tattoo my name on your body, you get a rematch, bro. Uh, what we doing?
0: I'd have slapped his ass right then and there. In the neck, <laughs> <laughs> like, what you say? <laughs> I would have just. I'd have like. You know what? I already lost this, and now he talking, man. <laughs> Cause that
1: made Willie look bad. You were already in the ring, not throwing no punches, already in that thing. Got Dave Chappelle telling you, do it for the culture. Like, Dave Chappelle was like what, the funniest part about that fucking <laughs> fight because he was yelling and going crazy in the stands. That's like he's such a huge fight fan. And Willie, you in the end over here, begging, talking about some, oh, I won the fight, I hit you, and, and the ropes held you up. I'm like, yeah, bro, maybe you should have kept that pressure on
0: him. What happened? Right, right. Right, he should have kept it. That's what I'm saying. He do nothing. He didn't follow up on it. He just no. he got that one, and that's all you can talk about. Just that one incident, that one scene right there, and that was it. That was it. That was it. He should have. He should have kept bringing it to him. Paul, what? Six one? Yeah, about six one. About six one. So he got a longer reach. He really have to. He really have to take the fight to to uh, Paul. Yes,
1: because to your point, with Paul having that reach he could just jab and keep you away, right? And so yeah, yeah, Willie's had to apply a little bit more pressure. And the one thing I will say about Paul, I don't respect like how they're jumping into the boxing race because I feel like they're cutting in front of other people that have been into the sport their whole lives and they're not going to get these opportunities to make these purses in boxing. However, I'll give him his credit. I thought he had some good movement in the fight and he, he had a little ring presence, but however, I still think he got exposed in this fight because if he fights a real fighter, He's gonna get knocked right. out,
0: bro. Right, right. And I think he know it. In the back of his mind, I think he he know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. The, wh- how they're doing it is strategically what they do, which is smart. I give you, I give them this. They are smart what they're doing. They making, they're making a good name for themselves and they getting money. And they're giving entertainment and, and plus also giving other people a chance to show what they get an the undercard. So I give them that. But as far as the fights itself, all right, man. We, okay, Paul, let's get another level type of fighter in there. We'll see what you made of. Let's yeah. let's kind of test ourselves. Let's test ourselves
1: now. You got four in your belt, so yeah, I want to see what a real a real actual mm-hmm. fighter. No former MMA, no person that played in the NBA. I want a real fighter, Paul. A real fighter. And not no exhibition. Right. A real fighter. Right. Real fight. And for
0: your record. Show me if you show right. If he showed something there, all right, Paul, you
1: got me. But mm-hmm. <laughs> well, until then. He's just, he's what he is. But great question. On to the next one, my brother. So, Aaron mm-hmm. from Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. Okay. He wanted to know, Jules, what do we think about Scott Zolak's comments about Cam Newton?
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> you jackass. Uh Perez, I'm going to try to come at this. Okay, I don't know how I'm going to try to come at that. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> <laughs> So, here's the thing. To me, personally, pressed, I felt what he said wasn't that bad. I hope you don't hate me. <laughs> I don't hate you I, about this. <laughs> 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 I I felt that he was out there when he was practicing and, and what Scott had said, because I think Cam wasn't hitting his targets or whatever, or he was
1: just dancing in between, whatever the case may be. Yeah, he hold, wasn't on, hold on, good. hold on, hold let's, on. Let's, let's paint the picture. Okay. So you're right. He wasn't making making his throws in his practice. Mm. So, Scott Zolak, former QB for the Patriots, he's like a radio personality there. He said right. that he thought right. the cam was being distracted by the rap music that they were playing at practice. I'll let you go ahead and proceed, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> so, so,
0: I didn't think that was something big where, like, oh man, where, where he had to apologize for it because it was like, yeah, he probably was listening to some whack ass rap music. <laughs> He probably was, and it was it was distracting. But then it was like, well, you know what this this day and age a comment like that could you know what that can do. Maybe he was distracted. He could have came at it a different way. If it bothered Cam, I would apologize if that was me. But I don't know if it bothered him. We're not sure because he said they talked and they was you know pretty much good. He said Cam was a great guy and he he was cool with him. So Jules, I
1: agree with you in the sense that I think that I do not think the comment itself was all that bad. What it To me, though, it just sounded like a white guy that was out of touch and made a weird-ass remark. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. I agree. I didn't, yep. I didn't think it was something to apologize for, and the reason why I say that is you said it. Stand on it. What you apologize it uh-huh. for? Have the conversation with Cam like you did. Talk to him man-to-man. Y'all don't need to disclose the contents of that conversation. That shit's over with. For me, though, I looked at it, I'm like, Scott Zolak, why are you running your mouth? Who are you? <laughs> that was my point, Jules. I was like, yeah, yeah. you speaking on Cam Newton's name, bro. Fuck out of here, bro. Like, the only reason why people are talking about you right now is because of Cam Newton. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Cam Newton took Make a team good. to a Super Bowl. Scott Zolak, you was holding Tom Brady's golf clubs. Out of here, man.
0: That is true. It's like, who, yeah, who is, who is, I ain't know nothing about until this happened. Scott Zoli, Who who is this guy? Like, oh, okay, former Patriot quarterback and broadcast. Okay. And what he said, I was like, all right. Well, you should know, you got to be careful what you say nowadays, especially if you, if you white or a different ethnicity and then you talk about somebody black in, 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 in the media, you know, you got to be careful what you said. The comment so much wasn't, you know, it was like, okay, uh, okay, yeah, listen to what, but it's just, it was out of date. It's out of touch, right?
1: Yeah, man. I'm like, come on, man. Shit, I listen to rap music while I'm working. Does that mean I ain't doing my job correctly? Get out of here, Scott. Sheesh. <laughs> come on, bro. Hey. What, what are we talking about?
0: <laughs> man, I ain't get much on that. It was just, I heard that and I saw that red and I was like, oh, man, dude. You should know better
1: than that. But I'll say this, Jules and Aaron, thanks for that question. But why aren't people talking about what a real former New England Patriots quarterback had to say, and that's Drew Bledsoe. And Drew Bledsoe came out and said he thought that the Patriots should have started Cam Newton. He didn't think that Mac Mm. Jones should have been the starter. How come nobody talked about that? See, that's the thing, man, and that's why I tell you Mm. guys about this media. We want to talk about the negative shit, but this is basically someone saying, hey, I think Cam Newton didn't get a fair shake last year. I think Cam Newton should have been the star this year because they actually got receivers on the team. They actually got weapons because, Jules, you talked about this in season two. Cam Newton was out there throwing the no-name receivers. He got COVID. He had a lot of shit going on, and it wasn't good. And now now where yet? at? See, they cut him.
0: They cut him. Press, damn, boy. Hey, you didn't hit on something else. Shit, I ain't even paid attention to this. But you're right. Now you got Mac Jones, new kid, coming in. Now you got weapons. Yep. Ooh, that's another conversation. That's another conversation. <laughs> and guess what, audience? It's coming. <laughs> Ooh, we Press. Damn, boy. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you got me thinking of it. Like, yeah, I didn't even look at right.
1: See? So it's coming, audience. But well, we're going to hit this next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jewel. So Travis from Fort Wayne, Indiana. He wanted to know, how did you guys feel about OnlyFans reversing its porn band? Oh. Man, people, people making money on that OnlyFans, bro. Shit, I should get Dude. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. So, <laughs> hey, man. Oh, we Man, my stomach weak to the book. Oh, damn. Oh, man. Listen, you know, at first I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, I didn't know anything about it. I knew about it, but I don't, like, I don't look at it and I'm like that.
1: Okay, I got you.
0: I got you. Um, a friend of mine at the gym. She was going through hard times, and because of COVID, she lost a job. So she said she opened up its OnlyFans um, page. And I said, okay, and she got, you know, got some pretty decent money. So, me personally, when I heard about this, people went ballistic, and it was like, wait, whoa, whoa. All I can say is this. Sex sale, and people love some skin, boy. Yep. I tell you that people yep. love some skin because they're like, "Wait a minute, no, 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 this thing's too good." People making bank off this, like you
1: said, You're making a lot of money. Man, it make- to, to the point you were making about your friend from the gym, it was a lot of people in that situation. A lot of those the females they were like, "Look, I'll put some pictures on that site." Shit, they were sending them to these random dudes they date online for free. Mm-hmm. Might as well make a couple right. dollars. Shit, do they show their face or no? See, or, now, I've never actually gone on there, but I do think right. that they show everything. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because at first, they was trying to ban the full-on pornography because there was people on there straight getting to it on their, with their they wife, or they may just, like, tell some female that they're talking to, like, hey, let's go get this money. They were trying to ban that, but then they reverse course on it because I'm sure that was profitable for OnlyFans to have them people on there doing that right. shit. Right.
0: Hey man, if you hey, if you bold enough to put that stuff out there now, nah, hey, hey, I'm not, I'm, I can't do it. But if you bold <laughs> enough to put that stuff, you know, like you just <laughs> maybe I can tag somebody else's face in there or
1: something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll I'll wear a clown mask. Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that wait? A minute, is that
0: press? <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> hey, listen. I knew they was going to reverse this thing because it's too big, and 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 it's just another form of uh, another form of you know pornography. Just another, just another avenue. In my in my in my eyes, just looking like another avenue like you look at Pornhub or or any other sites or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's just a different way of where ordinary people, anybody get, can get involved with it.
1: Well, yeah, and it, and to the point that you're making, the sex workers that are on there doing that. These people now are earning so much money. I was listening, they were telling a story about this one like a single mom. She had like two kids. She mm. was able to buy a home. And she's like, I got a savings account for the first time. Which when I heard that, I was like, damn, there's a lot of people in this world, boy, that was horny during that pandemic. Cause I'm like, this woman was able to buy a crib. <laughs> Man, she was making some money. Mm-hmm. Wow. She said At eight months, she was able to buy her a crib, pay Ooh. for that thing in cash. Wait a minute, Perez. I might be, I might be, I might be with you now. See that's what I'm trying to tell you, Jules. I might be rich. You know what I'm saying? Shit. Mm. See, I'm telling you, bro. See people. <laughs> see people. I, I'm telling you. I, I heard all these ladies and, and some dudes was talking about it too. They were like, "Oh man, yeah, I'm gonna get on this OnlyFans." I'm just like, "Oh man, I ain't doing that." Then I started seeing the money people was making. I'm like, "Well, shit." <laughs> <laughs> I guess
0: I can. Sh- I guess I can show some toes. I guess there's a lot for. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, I'll throw a Pulling Back the Curtain t-shirt on real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And then I will pull back the curtain. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, man. (laughs) But Travis, that was a good question, man. And, And honestly, man, the way that I feel about it is, man, let people eat. If that's what people want to do to make money, yeah. man, who who are we to have a problem with it? Yeah. I think the banks were the what only we? ones that had an issue with it because they were like, we did, they didn't want to be associated with, you know, pornography and things like that. Because, you know, the banks where the, the payments and stuff get made through, they were the ones uh-huh. that had a problem with it. So,
0: Oh, man, that thing been here before the before the, the beginning of time. It ain't going nowhere. Shit, <laughs> this country was founded
1: on that shit, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> yeah. Damn. You know, if, if we're being honest. hmm Great question, Travis. All right, the last one. Another Kanye question. Man, what is with you guys in these Kanye questions? So, Tyrus from Dothan, Alabama. He wanted to know, what did you think about the Donda album? And I'm going to tell you this, Tyrus, I listened to it twice, and I still don't know what the fuck I was listening to, but I'm going to let Jules go first, and then I'm uh, going to just finish it off.
0: Okay. I got weird. I get okay, I-, I was scared a little bit, Perez, because I listened to it, I was working out, I said, okay, there's a question on here. Let me check this out. I'll tell you what. Uh, the whole album, there's three songs that I like. Which ones? I like the uh, Off the Grid. Yes, sir. Tell the Vision and OK, OK.
1: OK, I like that one, too. I, I don't know about that Tell the Vision, though, but the- definitely that OK, OK. That was nice. Other than that, Perez, I was like, is this a, I- what is,
0: I- I- I'm trying to figure out, what is this? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Because some of it was like, I know it was those intros or skits or whatever, but, and then some of the the beats were, and then the lyrics, I was, I like Ye's old work. Maybe that's why I was just, maybe I was geared up to listen to some of his old stuff. But with this one, I was like, man, okay, this is different. It's more of a, I can't even classify it, Braz. I can't even classify it. I just like, I just like a couple songs on there and I'm just keeping moving.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a fair commentary, man. I miss the old Kanye, honestly. Uh, I think this new version of him, and I'm not trying to come from anything when I say this, but I I just feel like, man, I I feel like he's lost and he's still trying to figure out not only himself, but what he wants to do with his music. And it's just, it's tough to see it because this album was all over the place. You know, I was... Right. You know, I've listened to it and I'm like, okay. At one moment, I'm like, kind of like, okay, I, I get that. You got the little gospel tolls. The next one now, I'm like, oh, wait, now we talking about divorce? Oh, shit, what are we talking about? It was just up and down, up and down. I'm like, bro, I'm like, this thing is sending me all over the place. And now, when the, when the album first starts, when he's got that Donda chant, right, I'm thinking when I heard that, I'm like, okay, so he's, probably, he's about to come with this album. It's about to hit you. But it didn't really hit you. Like, I thought it was about to hit you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. He had that song on there, Jill. I thought that one was kind of funny. I like, like you said, off the grid, Jules. I like 24. And then I like that song that he used, that Lauren Hill riff, that Believe What I Say. That was probably okay. the, my favorite one on there. because That shit kind of hit hard. It's real nice, okay. up-tempo song. And he talked about, in that one, not being dragged down by fame, which I feel like fame is probably the reason why Kanye kind of has lost his way a little bit. And we talk about that on this show a lot, that money... It's the biggest root of evil because it tears apart relationships with families and friends and also with the people that they they get so dizzy and blind behind the money that they lose who they are. So it's just tough to see that shit, man.
0: Oh, I feel you. I, this was too deep for me. I really couldn't. And Perez, what would you where would you play this? You really can't work out to it. No. You, you don't want to play it where you're driving on the street because you might go to sleep. But I mean, like, <laughs> where do... I mean, is it something you can't really sit back and groove off of it? Like late at night, a nice summer day, you out there in the porch or something. It it was just it it was just it was just it was just deep. I don't I don't know. I I can't I can't I
1: I can't explain it. I think that's something you listen to when you're in the crib alone. You got some candles lit and you just sit there just like in a trance. That's the only thing I can think of. I can't play that at the cookout unless I take two or three songs off of it and put it on the playlist. But I can't play that album all the way through. Right, people right. look around. They're like, "Hey, what you playing over here, Prince? Oh, that's that. that that's that. Right. New Donda. <laughs> 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 they're like, like, hey, where, where are everybody at your cookout sleep? They got itis.' I don't know. He's that or I put that Donda on. Oh no, what's going on?
0: So, so I guess, so I guess, if you if you if your food wasn't good, you'd be like, "Oh, I know the remedy. Let's play this Donda, and, and, and we'll will make it right. We'll make it seem like it's." They ate and it was the item. Some people were like, oh man, Press, that food was good, man. Put me right to sleep. And uh, a little was that trans music in the background. That's yes, <laughs> right. I was like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> 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 oh man. But you know, if I if I was to have a conversation with Ye, man, I'll just say, man, bro, I, you're a musical genius, man. I enjoy your work. Come on, man. Break bring, bring the old Kanye back, man. Bring the old Ye back. <laughs> You probably walk away from me, but like, who are you, man?
1: Keep going. <laughs> well, all right, man, Jules, let's get into this episode today, man. This is one that's kind of been on my heart for quite a while, man. And I just wanted to find the right time for us to touch on this subject, man. This one here, it's it's sad for me to even do an episode like this, but I think this is still an important conversation for us to have with our audience. So okay. for for me, when I look at classism within the Black community, it to me just reminds us of, of how not only divided this country is, but how divided we are as a people. And a lot of times I even talk on this show how I'm not gonna be a part of that problem. I'm not gonna be on this show talking down about someone that looks like me. You know, I'll hold you accountable, okay. but I'm not gonna disrespect another brother or sister, just not doing it. But in our race right now, there seems to be a clash. And you have this clash between the privileged in our community and the underprivileged. So what what I mean by that is within our community, we have people that are middle class, that were able to buy a home, that are able to pay their bills. They have the benefits of having a little money saved and they can go on vacations here and there. But then you have another fraction within our community, which are low-income individuals, right? That have Mm -hmm. not had the best go at it in life. And what sometimes we see is both sides are looking at each other like they're the enemies. When in fact, <laughs> we should be trying to work together so that way the lower caste people can be where we're at and then us middle class people can have a better community all the way around. But it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So right now, the problems continue to happen in our communities because we got one side that's looking at the other side like they're better than them and the other side's kind of hating on the other side like because the other side's treating them like shit. And it's just unfortunate because this division was put within our race from back in the early times. When it comes to slavery, when you think about the Jim Crow South, there's always been division within this race. And we haven't truly ever come together. And so that's why I want to do this show today, Jules, to just have this type of, of conversation. Because one thing that I wanted to touch on, look at the way education works in this country. Now, There's people out here that'll pay tens of thousands of dollars to send their kid to a certain school because they know that the school in their community is not going to properly educate their child. You talked about that, Mm -hmm. Jules, with your folks. They had to do that for you and your brothers. I was fortunate Mm -hmm. enough to get a scholarship that allowed me to go to a private school, right? But there's a lot of kids out there that don't have that same privilege. And I feel like it's the system that they designed that causes division. Because I remember when I would come home from school, The neighborhood kids would try to roast me and my brother. They would call us the nerds. They would call us the, the, you know, oh, look at these kids walking around with the ties on. You know, like, and it was almost like I felt the shame to walk around with my uniform on for my Catholic school at that age. Like, I almost was like looking at my mom, like, why'd you do this to us? You made us the target. And that starts that early division because at a young age, you're not even looking at yourself and proud of the fact that you are putting yourself in position. You feel guilty for it. And so that's just some of the things that happen. And so then you have these other kids that don't have that same opportunity. They're jealous because they're looking at you like you think that you're better than me. And, and that's what's kind of been happening within our communities. And it's just really tough to see, Jules. Man, you brought up a good point with that. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm picturing when you told the story, you you and your brother walking with your uniforms and the kids that's on the corner, you know, saying, roasting you guys. At that time, you didn't know. No. You're like, you, you're sitting there like, man, I'm just going to school, you know. Mm-hmm. And you won't know until later on in your career, in your years, your adulthood, like, man, I'm glad my mom made this decision for me. Yes. Because like you said, Perez, with the school system, why is it, far as the education system, why is it, everything's not on the same level? You know, that's, that's the question. Why is one school, their academic, uh, not the same as a school that's uh, Catholic or private or charter? Why shouldn't all the curriculums be the same? So like, like we were talking about, if it's only in these certain certain neighborhoods or certain uh, well a different a certain demographic demographics of people, then there's a bigger issue that 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 need to be addressed because now you're now you're setting kids up for failure, you're setting kids up for failure because you go to school you're not learning nothing or they're not holding you accountable for learning. because Press, I don't think you can go to the school where you was at and you're not showing up to school or not doing work and it's it's okay.
1: No, you know how it was. It was a difference yeah. because the kids from the neighborhood yeah. they skip class all the time. You weren't doing that where we went to high right. school. You couldn't do it because they was calling home. You was accounted for, right? We didn't even so have what... off. We didn't even have off-campus lunch. But so it's just things like that. But the thing that I wanted to discuss with you to get your thoughts on, and this is something that we talked about in the past. Think about the HBCU colleges, right? They were designed and built for us. But why are these schools historically outside of like your major ones, like your Howard and your Morehouse and your Spelman, for the most part, these schools are underfunded and a lot of them are closing. And they've closed over the years. They've had many financial hardships. But then your predominantly white institutions, where a lot of our kids are going to, these schools don't have those same problems. But then that also causes more of that division that I was talking about, Jules, because then you'll have the HBC students that they'll look down on parents and, and, and kids that are going to non HBC schools. This happened in my family. I've seen people where they've put their kids through HBCU school and they'll look down on the person in the family. They're like, oh, well, why are you going to st- send your kids to, to a Big Ten school? They don't care about your child. And it's like, that's just those things that work against us. Instead of us working together, we're looking down at each other for decisions that we make to better ourselves.
0: That's some question there. One thing we need to do, we need, we need to support our black schools. And we need to hold these schools uh, accountable and, and 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 fund them, and have great teachers and get good uh, curriculums, where you set up for set these students up for the uh, for the future for the real world.
1: Well, see, and, and and that's a fair point. And when I think of this, it just makes me go back to the original point that I made about schools in the, in this country, is that the way that these things are designed is the people that have money, the people that have privilege are the mm-hmm. ones that have access to this stuff. And the ones that don't have, they're the ones that have to, and not just with education, they have to have substandard way of living, a substandard way of life. And I think that that also probably causes some of that division because you have some middle-class African-Americans that sometimes they think that there's something that they aren't. And they have to realize, and I'm I'm just talking about myself here, when I look mm-hmm. at my family's lineage, We're only one and a half generations away from being poverty stricken. So I in no shape or form will ever look down on anybody else. And in fact, Jules, you know this about me. If I see somebody out there, man, I'm willing to lend them a hand. I ain't over here looking at people sideways. You know, now I did move out of the neighborhood that I grew up in. I did that. But I did that for a reason. I Uh did that for better education opportunities for my family and just Uh safety. You know, there's a lot of things to go with that. But I didn't do those things because I thought that I was better than anybody else. No, that's not what that is. But then one of the things that you'll have in this community, Jules, that you know this, you'll have people that'll look down on you because you moved to a suburban neighborhood as opposed to being in there in city. And I'm like, I don't understand now.
0: Prayers, man, you brought up a good point. And it seemed like those are the divisions that that's not good because truth be told, like prayers, like you said, hey we <laughs> want one check away see one check away I think that goes to that goes more on you need to be grateful of where you're at and not judge judge people people you, you know you make your own decisions, but sometimes it's not always that person's that person's fault that they're living the way they live or they don't have much or they didn't get a good education or they didn't go to school. You know, sometimes people have it rough. People have it rough. And, Perez, I'm with you. I'm in no shape or form in a position to, to judge anybody. Now, what we can do for the ones who did get it, for the ones who were, was able to go to school and get educated and get a job and move forward, you can bring it uplift the ones who didn't get that chance or opportunity. That's what you can do. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you can bring bring up people. The, for the ones, let's be honest, there's, you know, there's your few, just a few where you're not going to reach. But that's OK, because there's people that's in, in the group where, hey, man, they want this opportunity. And what can they can they do? Just like the young man who who asked us this question last week about he's just getting out of jail. and What can he do? Mm-hmm. Right. Those are the ones you want to reach and, to reach and say, hey, we're all in this together, people. Right. And I we, got you. We got you. We all in this together. Hey, this is what I did. I didn't just press. You didn't just, okay, I got it. I'm gone. And, you know, you can see my, you can see my back. No, you say, hey, I did this for this reason, but look, I got you. I come back, man. I know you long, you don't like to tell your story, but you go, you, you go back into the neighbors and help. That's what people need. Just more people need to have that mindset of, hey, listen, I worked. I didn't look at you because you didn't put in the work and the effort. So I ain't going to deal with you. I got minds and I'm good.
1: So, and that's why I wanted to have this discussion because, I feel like what our black community has done is we've allowed class to divide us. And we didn't Mm -hmm. need anything further to divide us because you got to realize in the original way that our world worked for us is after, you know, when we were put into poverty after we were placed into slavery. But you got to think about the colorism that happens within our community. Now, this is something I'm just going to share a personal story. In our family, there are a lot more light-complected people than there are dark-complected people. And my grandmother, she favored more light-complected people, because she was fair, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm not light-complected, right? I didn't necessarily have those issues with my grandmother, but you could tell that she definitely favored the lighter-skinned people. She it's just in her family. Mm-hmm. She just looked at that differently. Mm-hmm. And now that's something that was programmed within us that we thought that our skin color and our skin tone was less attractive than that of a lighter skin tone. That doesn't come from who we really are. We're beautiful people, but that was programmed to put into us. So a lot of that division, duels that I'm talking about, a lot of it was planted and a lot of us just ran right towards it and we continue to perpetuate mm-hmm. it even today. Right. And I think it could be where you don't know it.
0: You know, it's just, this is just how it is. And then we just ran with it and just kept it. It's like things are, are or you, you know, you do things because, of, because you hear it. Or you you read it and, and, and it's just one of them things like, okay, this is how it is, and this is how it's always going to be. But somebody put that that root, that spell in you and it's like, wait a minute, this, this, this don't have to, this don't have to be. And it's glad that we talk about this could kind of open up people's eyes and, and say, listen, well, we're all the same people. We all have the same struggles and joys and ups and downs and high and lows. It's just we can't have the outside influence, tear us apart. That's that old art of war type tactic, you mm-hmm. know. The Biden conquered. Yep, that's yep. all it is to keep us down from advancing. That's all it is. The enemy just put that there so we won't go uh, come ahead as a people and as a race. But we see this; it's not hidden. We got to work together in, in order to survive. This this our races of to, to survive and, and achieve and get ahead. We got to work together, and we got to get the outside influence out of here. You know, they don't they don't
1: have our best interests. They want to keep us down. That's all it is. Mm Hmm. And and so, Jules, you made really good points there, and I want to just unpack one aspect that you made there. You talked about the fact of us working together. Well, if you look back in our history, in the times that we did truly work together, we built many amazing things in this world. We talk about Black Wall Street so much, but look at that civil Uh rights movement, right? Look at all the work Mm -hmm. during those times. So what happened was, though, after we got a little bit of head, we had a little bit of success. We got away from who we were as a race. And then what you saw is the people in our community that started to have a little success, they started to get a little bit of money. They then wanted to keep up with the Joneses, as they say, right? You know that term, Uh Jules. Yeah. And so with each generation, that keep up with the Joneses gets worse. And look at it in today's terms. Now you have these organizations like Jack and Jill and all these different places where you have this high society for middle class to upper-middle-class African-American people, and in a way, these organizations, while I get their purpose and why they're around, it's still kind of like an elitist type of situation, and the lower caste African-American people wouldn't be accepted into these groups because mm-hmm. they have different standards for who they accept in there. So when you look at stuff like that, that's just another way of dividing. A uh, man press, that's a good thing, because you know me, I'm
0: a little, I'm a little gay, man. I ain't even know they had stuff like Jack and Jill, where you only only elite can. <laughs> I'm not into all that. Who am I to get in this this status where only oh no, no, you can't join because it's only it's only for if you make this certain amount of dollar amount and up. No, nah, man. People need help out here. I think that's the world is getting away from that. The world is getting away from it because it's rough and hell, let's be honest.
1: The middle class, if things keep going the way it is, it won't be a middle class. And that's the thing. That's and That's why I wanted to do this episode, because that's when I look at this, I'm like, we're going to have a situation where you're only going to have the have and the have nots. There's going to yeah. be no more middle class. and have not. Right. No more. Because it's damn near trending that way right now.
0: Dude, with this with this pandemic, yeah. stuff went skyrocket. I Man, just I went my partner and I went to go eat and we end up getting like four
1: tacos it was like almost 30 bucks. Where the hell y'all get tacos that they cost $30? All right, I'm, this we Chris getting sidetracked here. <laughs> Where the hell? <laughs> <laughs> we went to Los Camales. Okay, for, first of all, listeners, now I just realized that my old co-host on this show was a part of this elite. $30 for four tacos? <laughs> Chris, here's the thing. I was like, that but well, my partner, he paid
0: for it. But oh, I looked okay. at the lady. I looked at the lady behind the register. I'm like, and she said, yeah, you know, things, you know, the meat went, you know, it's, it's, it's more, it's more for the meeting. And I'm like, oh. jeez. But that's what everything, because Prez, we were talking about the,
1: your garage and, and other things, just the cost. Yeah, yeah. Inflation. Yep, you tell them, man, that, that price was double, man. I'm like, Jesus Christ, the price of everything, even the timelines to get stuff done has just been all delayed. But, um." That was, that, was a, that was a crazy uh, <laughs> little diversion there. But to that point, though. yeah. My, but no, my, but you're good, though, bad. because I like that you brought that up. You know why? Because how many people out here can't afford to have those kind of meals, right? That was something that you and your partner was like, hey, we're going to go get some lunch. We're going to get in here. We're going to get out. But some people, mm-hmm. they don't gonna have that ability to get them damn tacos like that. And that's the point of this conversation today is that's why in this world right now, we see, especially in our communities, I'm going to call it out there, we are struggling okay. with a lot of things in our inner cities, whether it's crime, whether it's poverty, whether it's just not having resources. The point that you made about the pandemic, Jules, is the fact that we saw so many people lose their apartments, lose water, right. electricity, all this other kind of stuff. Then what happens? Then you see somebody driving around in this fancy car and this and that. Well, people are out here desperate. Now, I'm not condoning people's actions, but I say right. if you got a world- when you have half versus have nuts, well, people get desperate and they do fucked up stupid shit. And that's-
0: Dude, that's that's it, yeah.
1: You know, and that's why I want to make sure that when people are, are seeing some of the stuff that happens in the news, try to take a step back and understand what you're seeing. Now, Jules and I are definitely never going to apologize for bad behavior because people should be held accountable when they're doing fucked up things. But at the same time, I'm also not going to be the person that's going to sit here and look down on somebody. Hey, people make mistakes. They do it every day. And I'm the type of person that I want to try to understand, man, what what was your mindset on that? What the hell? What was going on? Right? Because even though I'm in a position where I can pay my bills, I'm never going to sit here and look at the next person because their water got shut off and be like, oh, you're a piece of shit. That's not the way I'm built. And that was not the way that I was brought up. Right. You know, I'm more of like,
0: okay, all right, we in this. What are we going to do? Because there's been plenty of times at work, you know, I go to different calls and you see stuff like, not running water. All right, you got two grown men here. Guys, mm-hmm. come on, let's take mm-hmm. this garbage out. But come mm-hmm. on, let's, let's. what are we going to do? What can we eliminate to prioritize? What can we do? Let, let's help. Let's kind of, sometimes just take a word. Sometimes just take a word and just just take a little action, you know, a different mindset. But if you never taught that, how would you know? That's the thing. If you wasn't given that That's opportunity and it wasn't taught it, how would, you, how would you know what to do if you were never taught it? And with the school systems that we have, some people just never had an opportunity or never been learned or understand or even taught that. And here we are. We have this vicious cycle. Bad school, bad community, bad upbringing will only just keep going into a circle where it just never bad for you if you don't get off that that, that circle.
1: No, and, and that's that's a really good point because like you said, there's a lot of people. I mean, I, I'll even admit, I raise my head. The way that I grew up It's totally different than the way that I raised my family today. It's totally different than how Mm. I am today. Now, I didn't lose the principles of what I was brought up in, but some of the aspects of financial literacy, learning about other cultures and races, a lot of the different things that held me back at a certain point in life, those are the things that I evolved in. And so sometimes there are people out here, they just don't know what they don't know, right? And that's why when an episode like this it's important for us, people that have learned and have had those experiences to, to give back, to put back within your people. Now, I know some people may look and say, hey, look, I got my own stuff that I got to worry about. I got my own problems. I get that. But man, what does it take for you once a month to do something nice for somebody else? Once a month. I'm not saying you mm-hmm. got to do these things every mm-hmm. day. You know, I'll tell you a quick story, josie You know, I don't like to put too many things out there about <laughs> what, what I do, but I will say this one thing. Uh-huh. So my brother, I don't know if you noticed, know but he works for the public works in the in, this, in the suburb that he that he lives in, and what his job is is he has to do water shutoffs. So these are people that okay. during the pandemic, they allowed them to keep the water on, but the bills were just kind of still mounting and mounting. Well, now that city wants to collect the money, so now he has to drive around and basically, hey, you, uh, your bill is nine hundred dollars. Can you pay it? If you can't pay it, I got to shut you off. And there's some times I've been on the phone with him when these things have happened. And I'm like, dude, this is awful. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, dude, I'm hearing this one lady. She was like, you know, I'm on disability. She's like, my husband just passed away. You're hearing all these stories from these people. And, you know, I don't want to be skeptical and just think, oh, man, these people are making this stuff up. They're lying. They're, 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 they're not, not true for people. I kind of looked at it like, how would I feel if I'm a grown-ass man and I got somebody coming to my house basically telling me, hey, if you don't pay your bill, I'm cutting your water off. And I can hear kids in some cases running around in the background. Man, and I don't know how my brother can do that job because after a while, to me, honestly, Jules, the way I'm built, that shit will have an impact on me. Now, my brother's built Mm. a little differently. He's used to it, so he's a little bit hardened when he hears a lot of these sad stop stories. But after a while, man, that shit's got to impact you some kind of way because something in you has to be like, you know what, damn, man, I feel bad for these people. This is fucked up predicament for them to be in. So now to my story, one time he was on, on the call with me. and He was like, hey, can you hold on one second? And I hear this mom and she's got like four or five kids in the house and stuff like that. And she's like crying, bro, like literally crying about the fact of, look, I don't even know how I'm even going to get to Friday with what I have going on around here. She said, I can't pay this bill. She's like, I just can't. So she's like, if you guys have okay. to cut the water off, she's like, can you just wait like an hour where I can just pour a bunch of water and just keep it so we can like take showers and baths with it and stuff like that. And I'm sitting here listening to this story. And I'm sitting here like, now in my household, mm-hmm. I can run water from right now to the next, in the next week. And I had no concerns about it. And this woman is sitting here begging him to let the water stay on when she could just accumulate enough to get them until a couple of weeks when she might be in a position to pay the bill. So my brother's like, I got to cut it. I said, uh-uh, bro. Mm-hmm. How much is mm-hmm. she? Owe? I'm on the phone. And he's like, wait, what? I said, what's her bill? He said, 362. I said, give me the number to the department. Give me her name. I'm going to pay that bill. Don't tell her who did it, but oh, just wow. tell this lady going forward that what she's in a position to do for somebody else, for her to pay it for. More people in our community need to step up and do that. And I'm not oh, trying to pat myself on the back, but a lot wow. of us could do more than what we do. That was that was God
0: right there. You mm-hmm. just had to be on the phone while he was doing that. That was God. You guys man, people got sent people at certain parts of places and towns and time. And dude, that was that was awesome. i to your point, the more people do that. This just how much, just think how much better this world could be.
1: Hey, Jules, we talk about it all the time. You can't take it with you, bro. I've been you can, very you fortunate. Hurt. I've been <laughs> very fortunate in my life.
0: Uh-huh. uh-huh. You can't
1: take it with you. There's people in this world that are hurting. We talk about it all the time. That's not lip service. There's people that are legit hurting. Now, some people, yeah. hey, some of their circumstances could be self-inflicted. Well, shit, so have I. I've shot my own self in the foot in life. But you know what? I figured it out. I've gotten out of my predicaments. I'm all good. But at the same time, though, no. who am I, like you said earlier, to look down and thumb my nose up at people that have had some circumstances? I don't know. I just think I look at things differently in this life. And the more that I live, Jules, I look and I say, why do so many of our middle class and pretty much well-positioned African-American people, why are they so aligned with the white elite? Because when I talked about some of the things earlier, like with these social organizations that are out here, a lot of these things, they're trying to be in these circles to be accepted. But the way that I look at it is, I don't need to be in those circles. I'm already good. I don't need somebody else to give me Mm -hmm. a a kudos and say, oh yeah, you know what? You're the the cream of the crop. You're the elite. Because we're going to let you sit at this table. Fuck their table. I don't need that shit.
0: Right. And, and Press, I told you one time about that table. you on that table. Guess who on that menu? So it's like, hmm. hey, that's been on previous podcasts on the show. I brought up what Malcolm X said. It's relevant to the day. That's why I brought it up. Because we was all united when our greatest threat was racism. We was all together. But then when racism went away, so-called, the wealthy Black people left the Black neighborhoods and took the money with them an opportunity and didn't look back. See, some didn't look back. You see it in today's times because in these black communities, where do you have the black business or black owners? We're not there. Right. So it's like, all this, what we're talking about is relevant because if we have these black people who made it and who has established in the area to teach and learn or hell, even be a presence because even your presence, a little kid walk past and say, hey, I want to be like Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson mm-hmm. on this, this, and this, what I gotta do. Yes, sir.
1: So it's like, but what is Mr. Johnson doing to work with that little kid to ensure right. that he gets to be Mr. Johnson? Right. That's why that's what I'm saying. Who's gonna teach?
0: Who's go. gonna teach? Who's gonna teach the up, up and coming? That's the problem. We ain't got nobody in there that's teaching the up and coming. It's all, hey, I got mine as I'm gone. And I'm I'm in this, uh, since I'm in this class, I can hang with these folks. And these folks won't give a damn about what your upbringing is. So we got to watch. We got to take care of ourselves, our own. That's what the other race is doing, but not ours. And it's then from, you know what I'm saying, back in the days with with slavery. The problems may be that that devil ended up putting that that subliminal message, that, that seed in the mind, like, oh, no, because you're dark and he's light, he, you're not accepted because you got your freedom and he don't. You can't hang with this person.
1: It's all tricks of the enemy. And also, too, Jules, I, I don't want anyone that's listening to this show to think that what Jules and I are saying is that African-Americans like us should forsake having a prosperous life. That is not at all what we're saying. Because each and one of you should do the work that it takes to build a successful home and a lifestyle for your family Mm -hmm. and make sure that that next generation coming behind you is set up. Yes. What I'm saying, though, is when it's in excess, then what are you doing to empower those? It doesn't even have to be money, given of your time your resources, educated, working with the kids, working with the youth, right? Doing things in the community that can actually help. Because if the end game for you, if you are building up wealth, is just to get yourself within that larger class and group, well, let's just be honest what the elite in this country are built and designed to do. They engage in structural racism. That racism is what keeps certain people in this country down. This country was built off of keeping a certain culture down. We talked about it with redlining. I am going to continue to talk about those things because for me, I always talk, Jules, about home ownership and how, to me, that's one of the most important things for all of us to do, to have a piece of something, not only just to own a home, but then for you to figure out ways of how you can reinvest it to your communities by buying property. We've had episodes. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. That is how... Yeah. The other side, accumulated wealth. We weren't able to do that at times because of redlining. But guess what? We have that opportunity now. There's so many programs out here. We can teach each other how to get our credit scores up, how to come up with funding and finances so you can buy a property. There's so many grants out there. And we talked about a lot of those things on this show. But there's so many people that are out here. And if you're listening to this show, if you have organizations that you know about, or if you're a part of organizations that can do one of these things to help, reach out to us or we can share that information with our audiences because what we want to do is just make sure that we are helping to spread that wealth because that wealth gap in this country, it continues to widen every day, Jules.
0: That's a good point. Resources and information, these things are out there and it's at your disposal. But if you don't know what you're going to do, how you going to figure it out, how you going to... So yeah, if possible, if companies can do something to help and want to send us information
1: so we get out to these people so we get the word out, that will be awesome. And the way that I just want to end this discussion is just saying that we are all brought up and everybody talks about the American dream, Jules, and getting a piece of the pie and things like that. But when you think about what that American dream actually stands for, when they say that, who did they have in mind when they were talking about that piece of the American pie and that American dream? Because it wasn't us. Now, a lot of us, have still made a way for ourselves. A lot of us have still tried to figure out how we can navigate this world. But just don't get blinded by the fact that just because you've had some opportunity, that anyone here is happy that you're where you're at in your life. Because these laws and things were designed not for us in mind. So be careful with the crowds of people that you want to try to cozy up to. And that is Mm -hmm. the type of stuff that I'm not into. I do what I need to do to better myself for me and my family's sake, but I'm not out here trying to rub elbows with people that I, at the end of the day, they don't have my or my people's best interests at heart.
0: Hey, Perez,
1: <laughs> I second it, and I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> Jules, man, I hope that the people got a little bit of food on this one, man. This episode, like you said, near and dear to me. These things continue to bother me. I really wish that our people would all work together. We got to stop hating on each other. We got to start building together. If you see somebody out there that's trying to do something and you're not doing it, instead of hating on the person and trying to tear down what they're doing, lend them a hand. If you think that what they're doing, hey, they could be doing it differently, have a constructive conversation. Because I'll tell you one thing, with Jules and I building this platform, this thing didn't just happen overnight. It took a lot of effort, a lot of tough conversations. Jules will tell you behind closed doors, but guess what? We're still here and we're thriving. And that happened with supportive listeners. It happened with people in our circles that are saying, hey, you know what? I love what you guys do, but hey, maybe do this. Maybe think about it from this standpoint, right? We've changed the way that we've done this show. And everything that we're going to do on this show is going to be with the idea of trying to help people to better themselves and to give them feedback on how they can better themselves. And, and, And as a result of us even having these conversations, sometimes this shit even helps me and Jules when we're on here. In the mm-hmm. last episode we did, he and I talked after the show. And I'm like, damn, dude, that show really resonated with me. So it ain't just us on here thinking that we are like the end all be all. We're just trying to communicate messages. And a lot of times that stuff just hits us just as much as we hope that it resonates with you all. Jules, go on and hit it with that curtain call,
0: breath. Perez, this curtain call goes out to W.B. Du Bois. Du Bois advocated political action and the civil rights agenda as he helped found the NAACP. In addition, he argued that social change could be accomplished by developing a small group of college-educated blacks, which he called the Talented tenth. He believed that full citizenship and equal rights for African-Americans would be brought about through the efforts of an intellectual elite. For this reason, he was an advocate of a board of liberal arts education at the college level. He felt the African-American race was going to be saved by its exceptional men. Mr. Du Bois, President of Pulling Back the Curtain podcast family, I'd like to thank
1: you and appreciate you for all your hard work. Jules, thanks for that curtain call. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcast We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening.